thanks for uh, joining me on Jesus in Books with Jason Comley. And I am Jason Comley. Just to give you a little bit of an introduction here as to what Jesus in Books is about. This is the very first episode. The majority of Christians, including myself, believe that Jesus Christ is the Redeemer of the world, that each of us will stand to be judged by him in the last day. So in an attempt to learn more about the life and ministry of Jesus, as his personality traits, and perhaps even a psychoanalytic look into the mind of Jesus, I've decided to read every book I can about him. I'll review these books on this podcast and share any insights I may have gleaned from these books. This being the very first episode, I've decided to discuss the book Jesus, a Pilgrimage by James Martin. It's a good book. I'll explain why. A little bit about James Martin. He is a Jesuit priest. He's editor at uh, the Jesuit magazine America and author of several books that a number of books, actually. The ones I recognize is The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything and Between Heaven and Mirth, Why Joy, Humor, and Laughter are at the Heart of Spiritual Life. And he's written a bunch more. So again, uh, this is the very first episode. I'm not a seasoned podcaster by any stretch, so I hope that you'll enjoy this uh, first podcast and suffer through will probably be some many shortcomings of this podcast but uh, so again we're discussing Jesus a pilgrimage by James Martin and the goal of his book he states in the introduction is to look at Jesus through the lens of his pilgrimage to, to Israel the, the Holy Land he goes with his friend George and visits Nazareth, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, and many other sites that the Savior himself visited during his earthly ministry. So, where to start? Let's start at the beginning, chapter 1. And that's actually the chapter I like the least. Just because he, it was, he was just discussing his plans, uh, how his plans sort of came together to to visit the Holy Land and, you know, traveling on a plane and these kinds of things I was not interested in. I, it's, I guess it was definitely necessary to sort of set up the story, but for me, I didn't enjoy that part, and I was really wondering what kind of book I was going to be reading. Now, just to uh, just to let you know, with many of the books, but not all, I will be reading both the Kindle version and or the paperback version, and I may also be listening to it on audiobook. So to, well, to speed it up and to keep the flow going. So there are parts where I listen to, and then I'll go home and I'll read from the Kindle version. I, I really like reading from the Kindle or Kobo because yeah, I can highlight certain things and reread them later. 
right, right now I'm exclusively using a Kindle. So yeah, they have that in sync feature where you know you listen to the audio book and then you can pick up right where you left off with the Kindle and vice versa. But for the most part, I'll just refer to it as reading. If I refer to it as uh, listening, it's probably because there's something about the audio quality or the narration that is worth uh, discussing. And sometimes the the narrator can really make or break a book. So that's why I like reading the Kindle as well. So it gets it definitely got better for me in the second chapter. Early on he discusses he introduces me to Ignatian contemplation, the method of Ignatian contemplation. It's and it's a method that pastors and writers use to imagine, to envision what it was really like at the time of, of these gospel stories. So uh, you imagine yourself in the story and you, and you imagine the surroundings, the, uh, the smells and the sights, and, and that way you can often pick up more details and get a, a deeper understanding of what happened. And so I think he does that here to help us get more out of some of these Bible stories. Now, I'm recently I finished Joseph Grizzoni's book on Jesus. I think it's subtitled A New Look on the Son of God. Grizzoni does that better, much better, I should say. And and James Martin, I don't think he he doesn't really try to do it. This is a different book. Again, this is him going to the sites, and he do, he does that really well. I really got lost in the book with him. Uh, you know, got lost when he got lost trying to find various sites, and I could feel the the overbearing sun of, of the Middle East and 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 the dust, and I could I could just see these things as he as he described them. So I was I was really drawn in. And I thought that was great. So, yeah, I'm, I probably saved myself a ticket to the Holy Land after reading this book because it's, it's really great in that regard. I, it's worth it just for that if you have any kind of curiosity as to what it might be like. And obviously what I'm thinking in my mind, it's probably totally different than what it really is. But I, again, I, I definitely got a sense that I was along with him. The things that I liked about a pilgrimage is that he translated back to the original Greek mostly to get more emotional impact. He would he would refer to Greek to sort of make us really understand the emotional impact of something. I'm not going to get into uh, I do recommend this book and I'm not going to read passages from these books just because fair use the you know the legality of fair use i'm not really sure you know if i can legally read passages from books you know fair use is a legal defense meaning if if you're using fair use that it it means that you're probably being sued and that's something i i'm not keen on doing and i'm not keen on giving away spoilers either but i am very much interested in sharing insights into who Jesus was. Now, there's some books and stories that I've read that I think really do that well. And 
have really made me feel like I know the Savior better. I understand his character better. And it's changed my life. And so I hope that this podcast does that for you as well. So he uses uh, Ignatian contemplation as maybe a technique that we can use when in our scripture study to immerse ourselves in the scripture and, and in these stories. So when, he's, uh, when he goes to these sites, there's certain things that he realizes or learns, like when Jesus preached his first parable from the boat. And if you remember what the first parable was, it was the parable of the four soils. Martin explains why he probably did so, and that was because sound travels better over water. And that was really neat to find that out. I kind of wondered, it was one of those things in the very back of my mind, so why did he go in the boat and start preaching? Was it, and, it's, and I sort of thought that, well, in a boat, he's standing a little bit taller, perhaps. But I think, you know, the, the people, the number of people that were following him, you know, he was attracting multitudes. He was really, truly a phenomenon like, like, like none other. And so the number of people that went to hear him and to be healed by him would have been really impressive by any standard. And especially in the day where you don't have microphones or, uh, or any kind of way to amplify sound. Yeah, and that was another thing, too, is the crowds. That's something that Martin really captured, that, that I really was able to get out of the scriptures, too, is the the thrill and the astonishment and the amazement that these multitudes had when he did these miracles. You know, they were astonished. They were speechless. They were shouting in amazement, in, in wonder. Uh, so he really got these the the people just completely, you know, whipped up in, in excitement. A good example of that is the story in Mark 2, 1 to 12, where these four friends, they, you know, to to get the attention of Jesus, who is inside this house, they climb on top of the house and lift their friend up, and then they they tear the roof off of the house to lower their friend down so that Jesus can heal them. And it just, you know, bringing attention to that. What an amazing story. When you look at that really closely, you know, how, how much these four men, these four people must have loved their friend to do that. And, you know, what the kind of drastic measures you'd have to go through just to be noticed by Jesus. You know, here they are ripping off the roof and making this hole, and you can imagine dust and rubble falling down into this house and them lowering him in. And it says, you know, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So even Jesus saw their great faith. And it's interesting how he said, you know, your sins are forgiven. So along with being, I assume he was healed, but that his sins were also forgiven. And you know what? It's it's interesting how you know 
yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm going to have to uh, look back on that scripture <laughs> and uh, you know in the show notes and and uh, follow up. You know, what was he healed or not? I don't actually have the scripture open, but I could actually because I always have scriptures nearby. So let's just look at that. We'll look at the now. There's three different accounts of that. There's Mark. It's also in Matthew nine and Luke five, but we'll just go to Mark here. If you'll just bear with me for a second, and we'll find out whether or not it mentions if he was healed or not. So again, I'm going to be riffing on this podcast. I hope that you'll bear with me and and even enjoy it. He says, Arise and take up thy bed, and go thy way unto thy house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. So there you go. So they were, you know, I can just imagine, I can just imagine how, you know, they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. We've never seen this before. So that, that really moved me. Another thing that moved me was in Gethsemane. He mentions uh, in Gethsemane, I don't know if I have notes on this, you know, when Jesus confides to the three apostles, Peter, James, and John, you know, my soul is sorrowful unto death. It was like he was saying, so my soul is sorrowful unto death. Martin says that it was like he was saying that he was so sad. He said, it's like saying that I'm so sad I could die. So in Gethsemane, of course, he took on all our sins and all our suffering and bore all our griefs and, and said, you know, I'm so, I'm feeling so sad. I, 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 I could die. So that, that, that really moved me. Now, there was certain things that I didn't like about the book. He did use some personal uh, stories or anecdotes to help illustrate some of these gospel principles. And they, they were a little flat, I thought, for me. I didn't find any kind of emotional impact in that. And again, this is entirely subjective. And... Um, and that was probably it. I mean, I think it was a really enjoyable book overall. I, I gave it five stars on Goodreads. And I hope that uh, you enjoyed this first episode of Jesus in Books. Thank you very much for listening. God bless. Mm-hmm.